Thank you, Christy. Thank you, Gospel Ensemble. Whew. I'm, I'm realizing that I'm, I'm walking in the space where last week we had break dancers. Do you all remember that? Our young people with their hair all different colors celebrating Pride Weekend with us. What an exciting time. Now we move from pride into what's called ordinary season, but it's extraordinary in that God's love is with us every day. We have to remember that. Uh, remember that each and every day. And this psalm we read this morning actually tells us that. Surely your goodness and mercy shall follow me every day. I will dwell in the house of the Lord every day. You know, that's where it ends in that psalm. And right before that, did you hear that part where it said, you know, but I've got enemies? You know, and even before that, you know, there's this shadow valley of the shadow of death you know but mercy and goodness will be with me every day holding all that together in those little verses that we are familiar with it's often read at funerals that even in all these times I shall dwell in the house of the Lord every day some days that's easier than other days you know some days you're quite not sure if you're dwelling in the house of the Lord. You know, it is actually our choice because it's already God's promise that you and I dwell together every day. It's our choice whether or not we choose to receive that love, receive that mercy and that goodness, even in the most difficult times of our life. Do we believe it? Do we allow God to be with us each and every day and each and every moment and each and every circumstance? You know, because we got this kind of either-or thing going on where we feel like if it is good, then okay, God's there. You know, but not so good today. Can I be sure I'm dwelling in that house? So this season of Glee, this season of Gospel According to Glee, we're going to look at psalms and songs and prayers of the people Psalms were often sung by the whole community in varieties of events, celebrations, headed up the mountain to the temple, special songs of ascents. Songs really reflected some raw emotions, too. You know, they weren't always pretty. You know, we're not always pretty, especially when we're having one of those days, you know. You know, the Psalms even have this, this interesting horror image in one of them where it says, you know, God just bashed the head of their babies against a rock. Does that sound like a prayer to me, to you? Just bash the head of those babies against a rock. God, you do that. You know, so the people in their anger and their hurt were talking about their owners, the people who oppressed them, and said, this next generation is just going to be the same. So if you get rid of this generation now, God, you know, we can move on down the road. So these psalms, you know, variety of psalms. Today we get what's called a psalm of trust. A prayer that even in all times we know that God's with us. A psalm of trust. You know, even if we choose not to follow those trails of righteousness, it says, that are there. <laughs> you know, the word even says ruts. You know, they're well grooved, so we should be able to just follow <laughs> even if we choose not to God will be with us even in those places so we have contemporary psalms contemporary words of prayer contemporary pieces of our soul and heart where in all our humanness we reach out to God 
We reach out to God in prayer and praise and anguish and longing. We reach out to God each and every... When we're driving on the freeway, we reach out to God, whether we recognize it or not. When watching TV and even these sitcoms, you know, somewhere in all of this, we might find something that resonates with our spirit and resonates with our heart and our soul. And I'll tell you, this silly little musical comedy called Glee ain't so silly. They've addressed more issues and social concerns than I can recognize in each episode every week. It's amazing to me. Gender, race, gender identity, sexual orientation, class, size, each and every episode. You better watch out, because they will sneak up on you, make you laugh, and then say, uh-oh, they're, they're talking about me. You know, that song was really pretty. But you know, it makes me have to examine my life a little bit and the way it was done. So we're going to look at this contemporary psalm writers and song and prayer leaders in this series of Glee and see where it brings us. Today, we start with one character known as Sue Sylvester. Sue is the resident bully. You heard her claim it in her identity. I bully everyone. You're not so special. You know, this is how I am with everybody. You know, why should I treat anybody any different? Because that's who I am, the bully. And you could hear in the other teachers, I know you're up to something because you're always up to something. And I want you to think back for a moment to a bully in your life. A bully you may have known, may have been junior high or high school, may have been in your family, may have been in the neighborhood, may have been a group of bullies. You know, and I, and I want you to know where you are today. <laughs> You're not in that place anymore, that place where you might have been afraid or been hurt by that person. We have moved on in our lives, but can you identify with being one of these high schoolers that doesn't know their place, not sure if they belong or not? They aren't with the in-group, and they're looking for a place where they can belong. And you got someone like Sue, Roman Campus, Coach Sue, whose job it is, she thinks, to bully everyone. You know, bullies actually can have an effect that they don't intend. And that effect is they can actually create strong communities. <laughs> One of the easiest ways to start a strong community is to have someone try and get rid of them. You know, when you have an outside enemy, you can do amazing things. That outside enemy might be a bully, that outside enemy might be HIV AIDS. Boy, did we create community when we had an outside enemy to work against. How many times in your life have someone tried to make someone your enemy when there was no need for it just because they needed to create a stronger group over here? So in this series, we're going to be talking about what it means to create communities. And one of the things I want to own is communities create for all sorts of reasons. Sometimes it's by accident just happen to get thrown together. Sometimes it's by crisis, you join together in order to fight. You know, sometimes communities come together just to survive. And some people, like bullies, often can help communities grow. And in the series, what they show is that Sue's antagonism of these students makes them stronger. Yeah. Would they have rather she didn't do it? Absolutely. But sometimes bullies don't get actually what they're doing is creating stronger groups outside of what they desire. So it's interesting that this happens. So in this little glee club, these folks who are somehow marginalized find each other and find a space where they can support each other, and they kind of huddle together. 
they huddle together against the outside world. Because in this one place they can come and sing. And in singing, know that they belong. And they have interesting kind of people. They have cheerleaders in it. They have some football players. They have people of all races, all sizes. It's an interfaith group. You know, I think the designers of the program knew they were going to take on every ism they could figure out when they put the first characters together and who the Glee Club was. But amazing, they grew strong together because of this, all this outside energy. And I want you to, let's just say a brief prayer before we go on. I don't want you to stay with the memory of that bully from your past. So just pray with me for a second. Oh, holy God, wherever in our lives we've been hurt, wherever in our lives we felt like we weren't strong, wherever in our lives we didn't feel like we belonged, wherever we doubted that you were with us, preparing a table, or you are with us offering goodness and mercy. Be with us. Heal that place. Heal that memory. Heal us today so that we are no longer captured by what was and can live into the fullness of your goodness and mercy now, fully trusting, fully trusting that we dwell in your house forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, when you're free of that and you start to try and form a community, there's some steps you can do. And one of the writers from a long time ago, Scott Peck, wrote a book called uh, The Different Drum. And he said, often these communities that have outside enemies, they get started. They get started, but they don't look at themselves very much because they're just looking outside. And they have something they call pseudo-community. That means they think they've got it pseudo-community. They think they've got it, but they haven't looked at their differences yet. Have you ever been in love like that before? They're just perfect. You know, they can't do anything wrong. No differences. I'm going to love all of that about them forever, exactly the way they are today, and never need to change them at all. Well, communities have that same sort of limerence, that same sort of beginning, where they don't look at any of their differences, and they start, but it's not real. That sense of belonging that we need is so strong that it overpowers any other thing that's going on in that moment. And we feel for the first time like everything is okay. And so he says, you can't stay there forever. You have to move on. And in, in some point in time, you have to realize you can't just be a community because you've got an enemy out there. You've got to be a community for something else. And you can come together and huddle for healing, but if you stay in that huddle too long, you know, if you, if you circle the wounds forever... You ever circled wounds? You circle the wounds forever? So they get really good at picking the scabs? You know? Isn't that a lovely image? Circle the wounds forever, you know? So these huddles have to grow and move beyond themselves, or that's what happens. They become stagnant. They become internal. They start to not grow anymore. And so how do we let huddles of healing not become huddles that stagnate? and keep learning and keep growing? And how do we use that energy that we have from coming together to heal the world, not just ourselves? And sometimes, you know, when you heal the world, you heal yourselves, when you learn that you're not oppressed, you actually get to free the oppressor at the same time. Your freedom heals those that try to keep you not free. It's a reciprocal thing that happens that sometimes we doubt. So I want to hear, go advance this story a little bit and show you this next clip from Sue. 
How's she doing? Great. She asks about you. She's been watching you on TV. I need to get here more often. Oh, you get here plenty. Jean, your little sister's here to see you. Hey, Sue. Hi, honey. My sister's famous. Yeah, right. I got something for you. What's this? Wow, pom-pom, thank you. That's for you. What do you feel like doing today? Can we read today? Look what I have. Ray Winding Hood. Right, favorite book. You want to start at the beginning? Yes. All right. You ready? Ready. <laughs> Once upon a time, there was a little girl who lived in the forest. Whenever she went out, the little girl wore a red riding cloak. So everyone in the village called her Little Red Riding Hood. Sometimes we think we know our enemies so well. And we don't get that there may be more to them. Sometimes we're so strongly in our huddle, thinking we're just focused on our own healing that we don't see that there may be something else that we need to look at. This character that says, I'm a bully, I bully everyone. Something in her life created that energy for her. And that something was she saw how her sister had been mistreated and she vowed that that was never gonna happen. Her sister was never gonna be hurt again. And the way she did that was by huddling within herself and not able to connect to anyone. She even huddled herself away from God, huddled herself away from anything that could give her that protection. All she had to be in her life was dependent upon herself and that she would always be a champion. But she struggled. How many of us actually wonder if those who have bullied us are struggling? How many of us have kept them in our prayers? How many of us lift up a psalm on their behalf? And follow this up with one more, one more clip. No, this one, baby. Oh, this one. Yeah. Boo, boo. I won. Oh. Sue, you're letting me win. No, I swear it, I'm not. You're letting me win, Sue. You're letting me win. Do you believe in God, Jeannie? Do you? No, I don't. Why not? Because when we were little girls, you were perfect in my eyes. And I watched the world be cruel to you, so. God never make mistakes. That's what I believe. You want me to pay for you, Sue? Yeah, that would be nice. I win. Nah, I cheated. I can't do that. I don't believe in God, but go ahead and pray for me. I don't believe it's hard for me to trust. She can't do this Psalm 23, but from the sister that's the closest to her, pray for me. Won't you go ahead and pray for me? Lifting up that Psalm of trust. As the series goes forward, the Glee Club keeps getting stronger as they resist those who fight against them. 
They sing songs of life and love. They learn to, to support each other. And as the story goes on, this sister of Sue dies. She lived long beyond her normal life expectations, but she dies. And in that moment, Sue reverts to her worst bullying, to her worst anger, to her worst self. And the glee club, the huddle that they've become, have a chance, have a choice. Who are they going to be? Who are they going to be in this time and place? And what they do is they reach out to her. They reach out to Sue and say, a couple of us have lost people that we love. We know what it's like to lose someone. And we will include you in our prayers. And she says, I can't take that. I can't handle that. Why are you doing this? I don't trust you. I don't trust you at all. And they keep after her. And she's starting to throw away all of her sister's things. And there's this worn-out copy of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Worn-out copy. She says, oh, yeah, that was my sister's favorite movie. It's worn out. Throw it away. She used to watch it every day. You know, but I don't need it anymore. So the Glee Club does this interesting thing. They say, we will have the memorial service for your sister. She's afraid no one will show up. The place is packed at the front of the funeral home. They've taken the casket. In front of the casket, they've put Willy Wonka, mushrooms and psychedelic colors. If there was an Oompa Loompa around, they would have put it there. And they sing the song, Pure Imagination. And in that moment, Sue is able to let go of the bully that she is. She reaches out her hand and holds another's. Huddles are for healing. They're for healing us to find the belonging that we need. They're for reaching beyond the healing that we've done for ourselves into healing for others. If we continue to stay there, we just start to die within them. Unfortunately, sometimes churches can become huddles. You know, sometimes support groups can become huddles. You always have to ask yourself, are you inviting new people in? Are you working for the healing of the world? Are you working for something beyond yourself? Are we actually asking the question, who is this bully? Maybe we need to lift up a psalm or prayer for them and invite them into this community. So this thing that God says in the 23rd Psalm, dwell in my house forever, right now, every day, the good times and the bad times. The Glee Club finally ends up writing their own psalm because they are called losers so many times. And if you look at the logo of Glee, it has, spells out the word Glee, but the L is loser. And so they write this song, their own psalm, and it's called Loser Like Me. And I want you to hear some of the words because we have to write our own psalms, our own prayers, our own music as we approach God. It says, yeah, you may think that I'm a zero, but hey, everyone you want to be probably started off like me. You may say that I'm a freak show, but just give me a little time. I bet you're going to change your mind. And then the refrain, just go ahead and hate on me and run your mouth so everyone can hear. Hit me with the worst you got and knock me down. Baby, I don't care. Keep it up and soon enough you'll figure out. You're going to want to be a loser like me. They claimed the word, claimed the name, transformed it to mean something different. 
You know, a lot of people look at this who are Christians and have faith in Jesus and say, man, y'all are just a bunch of losers. Sing that song. Yeah, you might want to be a loser, just like me, that reaches out in healing to the world. Amen.